0: And so when we say, oh, I suck at boundaries, it's often because we're comparing ourselves to this idea of like, well, I'm not willing to get angry and loud and in someone's face, but I don't think that means you're bad at boundaries. It just means you haven't found the boundary recipe that works for you.
1: Welcome to the imperfect party where nobody's perfect and that's we're celebrating. I'm your host, Deanna Seymour, and I'm so happy you're here. Let's just do this thing, shall we? Okay, real quick before I start, are you on my email list? Because if you're not, I think you're kind of missing out. Like I do a lot of fun storytelling in my email list and I even have a private podcast with me just telling silly stories from my life that are like five minutes or less and I think it's really fun. So if you want to get in on that secret podcast and also get my funny little email stories, then you can just sign up at my website, DeannaSeymour.com. All right, so this is a really good episode if you feel like I did, which is you suck at boundaries. So that's kind of how I went into this episode when I was recording this with Cammie. And at the end, I'm like, wait a minute, maybe I can do this. Maybe I'm already doing this. I just didn't know what it was. Um, So I think if that sounds like you, if you've ever said you sucked at boundaries, then today's episode is totally for you. Okay. So Cammy Orange is a boundary life coach for queer neurodivergent and trauma survivors who are learning how to set their own boundaries while also parenting the next generation. So she, I found her on TikTok, of course, because everybody on TikTok is awesome. And maybe not everybody, <laughs> but she really does approach boundaries in a way that I've never really seen it done before. And it was just really approachable and really fun. So listen in on this episode and I think you're gonna learn that maybe you're better at boundaries than you thought. Hey Cammy, how's it going? So good how are you? Good I feel like we're both like the peppy we're both like how's it going <laughs> it's like so happy I feel like you have a baby face like me and you're well your TikTok videos are like happy and perky and I feel like we're like in the same octave is that what you call it yeah. like our voices I think we're both like in the excited
0: range. <laughs> we're both sunshine personalities I agree. Yes. Okay. Is that a real thing? Did you make that up? It's a real thing because I made it up.
1: Oh, I love that answer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what? Okay, wait, because I, re- I watched some videos about this from you. Can I know- oh, You know what? This is what I do. I get excited and we jump right in. Let's just tell the people who you are. How about that? Why don't you introduce yourself? Because I'm acting like everybody knows you. And I know I have a bad habit of like when I know someone, I think everybody knows someone. So that might not be true. So introduce yourself,
0: let me rewind. Thank you, I would love to do that. (laughs) So my name is Cami Orange, I am a Boundary Life Coach, and I have been working one-on-one with clients over the last 11 years. And I have clients in several different countries around the world. And my specialty is helping people to set boundaries in a way that matches who they are. A lot of boundary advice out there says, hey, you have to change who you are, to set boundaries. You have to be louder, you have to be bigger, you have to be more aggressive. And that is not my style. Most of the people I work with are queer, neurodivergent, had terrible traumatic childhoods and are trying to raise their children to have boundaries in a new way. And they did not get taught boundaries when they were growing up. And so they're starting from scratch. And I love helping people with boundaries from a compassionate, very patient, perspective. Yeah.
1: I feel like that's what drew me to you. Like, um, you, I just, in my mind, boundaries are a little bit selfish or scary or wrong, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so when I heard some of your videos, I was like, Oh, that doesn't sound that bad. That doesn't, that doesn't seem like a mean boundary. You know, I feel like you are able to do them in a way that, like you said, can fit different personalities. Like you don't have to change and be this like, big, scary lady to put up a boundary.
0: Yeah. And that circles back to what we were saying about the sunshine personalities is that's one of the things that I teach my clients is about tone and word choice and body language. And tone has to do with, I call them sunshine personalities, or we have storm personalities. And then there's people who are kind of in the middle, but they lean a little bit more sunshine or a little bit in the middle and they lean a little bit more storm. So there's kind of four categories. And really, sunshine personalities are like you and me, where often the most effective tone that we can use to set boundaries is exactly the way we talk, where the you know Barbie voices of the world, like "Oh, excuse me, please don't do that," <laughs> and that works really well for me. That is my tone. I'm a sunshine personality. Some people who are more stormy personalities, that would never work for them, and so. For me, when I work with clients, it's helping them find the tone to set their boundaries in that fits who they are as a person. I am going to imitate for you more of a stormy personality tone, but it sounds weird when I say it because this is not me, but they have this gravitas. They have this depth. They have this like, oh, please do not do that. And it sounds so powerful when they say it. i work with clients and they get it like get their tone i just get full body chills like it's like oh yes perfect but i can't imitate them it sounds like i'm making fun of them if i try to say it the way they say it because i'm just like (laughs) yes boundaries but like i don't actually talk like that but they do and it's so great and so it's finding the tone that works for you so yes you're a sunshine personality like me and so when you set boundaries if you were trying to be like, oh, I'm going to try to be serious with this boundary, like it would come off awkward, probably, or a little bit weird, versus if you yeah. use your natural tone and just say, oh, excuse me, please don't do that. That would be yeah. a very efficient way to set boundaries. And you still sound lovely. You still sound kind because you're being you.
1: yeah. Yeah. They wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, what just happened? Deanna just like morphed into somebody else to tell me to back off. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, Well, okay. So do you think, do they have to find certain language too that matches their tone? Like would the words be sound different or the words the same, the tone is just different?
0: So I teach something that I call the, your boundary recipe. And so it has three ingredients. It has your tone, it has your word choice, and it has your body language. And tone is what we just covered. The second part is what you just asked, word choice. So there is really direct words, and then there is also indirect, and there's a range between them. If you spend a lot of time with me, you'll notice lots of ranges, lots of spectrums, lots of, you know, this works for that person, this other thing works for that person, great. So with word choice, I do really well with very, very direct language that fits the way my brain works that fits my neurodiversity that fits me other people direct language does not work for them and so difference would be if i said oh please don't do that that's very direct language in a happy higher tone that we already covered so less direct would be oh is there another way that you could do that or i would prefer if you didn't do that or um i had one the other day my client told me um they said is it a possibility that you might stop doing that at some point point?" and that works for them that does not work for me yeah. if i tried to say hey Deanna, is it a possibility that you might stop doing that at some point i can't say that without it sounding a little bit sarcastic and like yeah me- that's i was thinking as- but like <laughs> yeah. for somebody else because that's a better fit for them, they already use a lot more indirect language in their life. That sounds very authentic. And that's why everyone has their custom boundary recipe of tone, word choice, and body language. Because if I'm using indirect language, it sounds passive aggressive and mean, but I've met so many people that it sounds so kind. Like when they say it, it sounds kind. When I say it, it doesn't sound kind because it's not a fit for me. I have to use really direct language. Otherwise, I sound um, awful. (laughs) (laughs) Like a snarky jerk. You're like, hey, do you think you could possibly
1: ever knock that off, please?
0: (laughs) Because it's not authentic. But I had a client who is from the Midwest, and they're from Ohio, and they now live in California. And people use differing levels of direct to indirect language depending on where they're raised it's really common especially geographically in the united states you know people on the east coast usually tend more direct people in the midwest tend more indirect and everything in between so i am from utah and utah has a very prominent dominant religious culture the the mormons i'm not mormon but i did grow up here and Mm -hmm. the um People who move here from out of state, one of the things they always say is, oh, they're everyone is so nice. And I said, yes, the culture here is I will be very nice to you, to your face. I might say mean things about you behind your back, but I would never say them to your face. It's a very different way of approaching things versus yeah. I lived in Massachusetts for a while and I met somebody and we had an interaction and they were just like, oh, I don't like you. And I was like, oh, Wow. Oh. That is very direct. That is very different than where I am from. Thank you for being so clear. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I I think it was Kathy Griffin, the comedian once, who said that um, talking behind people's back was having manners. <laughs> so I wonder where she's from. Right? But I kind of agree with that. Yeah. That's more my style. I mean, not that I really talk that. But, I mean, I don't think I do it all the time. But
0: yeah, I'm not that direct. I would never say that. To yeah. somebody. And so it's finding the right tone that works for you, finding the right word choice, direct to indirect. And then also body language comes in third in your custom boundary recipe. And so confident body language versus constricted body language. And again, it's a spectrum. And I think there's this mythos that, oh, to set boundaries, you have to have a loud, angry tone with really direct language and really aggressive body language. And that's not true. And for most settings and most people that's very inefficient, that would not get them the results that they wanted. And so when we say, oh, I suck at boundaries, it's often because we're comparing ourselves to this idea of like, Well, I'm not willing to get angry and loud and in someone's face and like, get really into that space. So I must be bad at boundaries because I can't do that. But I don't think that means you're bad at boundaries. It just means you haven't found the boundary recipe that works for you, the right tone, words and body language. This is so like mind blowing to me.
1: I'm like, I was exactly that person who like one year for New Year's resolutions, I was like, I don't know how to set, like, I think I want to be more of a bitch next year. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I'm going to be more bitchy. And it was weird, but I, I think it was before I even knew the word boundary. <laughs> I feel like it was like in my twenties, but I I think what I was trying to say was I want to set better boundaries. And I didn't do it because I do not even know what they were called. <laughs> and I don't think like you're saying now, I don't have to be bitchy. It's not really my personality to be bitchy. So I, you know, quote unquote sucked at boundaries or being bitchy. So It's just interesting to hear you say there's like a whole new world of kind boundaries that sort of opened up just now. Well, and I think
0: for most people, when they say, oh, I'm bad at boundaries, what they mean is I have not found a way to set boundaries before I get pushed too far, because everyone has their point that if you push them too far, you will set a boundary that that will come out, but then it comes out in a way that doesn't necessarily match how you want to be it might damage your relationships, and it doesn't make you feel good it makes you feel gross that you're like oh and then i snapped at them and kicked them out of my house and it's like that is still a boundary everybody has that they have their point that you can't push them past that they will snap but it's not setting boundaries they don't know how to set boundaries far before that point to not even get there
1: and yeah, like re- reactive boundaries exactly. instead of where you're. You teach proactive boundaries exactly. where people can like know what's up before it gets too sticky.
0: Yes, and for me, it comes from a very selfish place because I, and I say selfish a little bit, you know, as a joke because I love people. I am a people person. Like I love my friends. I love my family. Like my people are my people i would cut off both arms and give them my kidney like crawl through glass like i love the people (laughs) i love and because i love them so much i am not willing to damage our relationship with resentment because it's a poison and so i set boundaries because i love that person so much i don't want to resent them i don't want to be sitting there like oh, i can't believe they did that Like I care about them. Boundaries coming from a place of deep love. I care about that person so much. I'm going to set a boundary so I don't have to accidentally poison our relationship with resentment that happens when boundaries aren't set, expectations don't match, and then somebody is upset. I'm not willing to do that. I love my people. I'm a very loving people person. And I, so I set boundaries from that perspective. That's why I set boundaries. And so that's why I say it's selfish because it's like, oh, I want to keep these relationships. I want to keep these friendships, these people that have made my life so much better. And so I'm going to set boundaries and say, hey, I really appreciate that you want to see me. If you're going to come over, I need you to text me first because I'm not always in a space to have people just drop by. Thanks. And then we're good. Yeah.
1: Has Have you ever had any experiences where, like, you setting boundaries made somebody really
0: mad? I have had that experience. I have lived all over the United States and done a lot of jobs. And one of the jobs I had, I did a summer of door-to-door sales in Phoenix, Arizona. So it's 120 oh, degrees outside uh, yeah. all day. Oh. And I got the opportunity to intrude on people's lives and knock on their doors and having people be, um, I was 18 at the time. So very young and having people be very upset that I knocked on their door and they set really firm boundaries and that coming from Utah, um, where people are not like that. Um, Mm -hmm. it, it was a culture, Adjustment. <laughs> I never yeah. had somebody like yell at me and chase me off their property. That's not a thing where I'm from. Like, it's not that it couldn't happen in Utah. It's just people would just not answer the door. It's a lot more passive here. Like that's, I, that's <laughs> what I do. I, like hide. Yeah. I'm Like, oh my gosh, Ramona, our dog. I'm like, stop barking. <laughs>
1: They're gonna like think we're here. That's what I do. Yep. Passive. Yeah,
0: a lot more passive. And so bumping into people who that was not how they were handling it. They were going to open their door and yell. Um, I practiced setting boundaries in that setting. The first couple of times that happened, I'm not gonna lie, the first somebody opened their door and started yelling at me, I just ran. Like, I was so scared. Like, I just ran from this person. Um, yeah. And I talked to a friend of mine who had more experience and, you know, started having conversations. And so I would practice and I just took it as good practice. Whether or not it worked, I'm never gonna see these people again. So would be like, oh, I get that you're upset. I mean to uh, disturb you. If you're not interested, that's okay. I will just leave. And then I would leave and I would walk away calmly. And usually if you, for me, with my sunshine personality and very direct language, I say, Oh, and put my hand up. Oh, I didn't mean to upset you. Like it would cut them off. They would stop yelling because I have very, that's a very confident body language gesture. I didn't back down. Uh-huh. I'm not aggressing, I'm not moving towards them, but like, like a, uh, it helps that I have, like, you know, you and I have similar um, happy faces. We make good cartoon yeah. characters, you know? <laughs> you I have the baby face. Highly animated, yeah. and so mm-hmm. I have um, big eyes. And so if I go, oh, it makes my eyes look really big and I go, oh, and throw my hand up in a stop gesture, like they would stop mm-hmm. and they would stop yelling. And yeah. it's okay if they don't want to talk to me. It's okay if they don't want to buy whatever I was selling. That is an appropriate boundary for them to set. It's also not okay for them to yell at me. And both of those yeah. things can be true. And so, as I have practiced boundaries over the years, that I think a lot of people they struggle with oh, either that person is right, or I am right, you know, like, oh, they're just a jerk, and I'm a good person, or I bothered them, and, you know, I feel so bad, like, people go very blaming either direction, and I think both things can be true, it's okay for them to not want me to knock on their door, it's not okay for them to yell at me, and ultimately, that's what a boundary is, a boundary is simply what is okay, and what is not okay, it's okay for you to be mad, it's not okay for you to roll your eyes at me, it's, you know, like, it's okay for you to yeah. come over. It's not okay for you to come over without calling first. Like, that's the boundary yeah. is what's okay and what's not okay.
1: Um, well, what about if you're like, this is just probably because I'm not good at boundaries. Like, what if you're like, I would rather you call first, but then if they don't, like, I guess we're talking about holding boundaries now, yeah. right? Like setting the boundary and then um, holding the boundary, right? Mm-hmm. That's hard. It's a little harder. I mean, I feel like I can say it, but then if my friend just shows up at my house, I'm going to feel, I guess I have to hide from them, like the person selling something. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> so then what do you do? Or how do you, how do you do that?
0: Absolutely. So when I work with clients, something that I teach is what I call the conflict escalator. And it's all about how do we hold boundaries and where it comes from is I was a live-in nanny for a family in northern Montana. We were like 20 minutes from Canada, and they had a little five-year-old boy who would ride the bus to school. And we got a call one day that he was in the office at the school for fighting on the bus. And so the family I worked for, the parents went down there and came back and told me this story, that they apparently have security cameras on their buses, which I didn't even know was a thing, but in i think they
1: i think i've heard too that they like trick you they put like a fake camera yeah like some of the buses you don't know it's like russian roulette like you don't know which bus has a camera so you better not fight but this could just be an empty box it's like that's what they do in virginia i think i heard that's so funny yeah anyways save some money right just make them paranoid
0: (laughs) yeah and so in this particular bus it was filming and so what they could see on the footage and then they asked the boys Um, involved what happened. So you could see this little five-year-old, he's sitting there, he's a little kindergartner, and the two third graders, the two nine-year-olds in front of him leaned over the back of this. these two boys and started touching him and picking at him. And you could see he said something and he said, oh, I told him to leave me alone. And he tried to get up and move and they followed Mm -hmm. him. And so he tried, he said no, and he tried to remove himself from the situation and it didn't work. And so they kept picking at him. And pulling at his backpack and hitting his head and all the things and he said like no like you could tell he put his hands up in a stop gesture like no like leave me alone because so there's no audio mm-hmm. in the video yeah know, counting. yeah and that didn't solve the problem and so they kept picking at him and grabbing his backpack and taking his homework out and things and so he hit the one boy like this little five-year-old hit, hauled off and hit this nine-year-old boy. And so the uh-huh. five-year-old is supposed to be getting suspended from school for fighting because he's the one that what? hit. Like, yeah. so the family that I worked for, they, you know, reviewed the footage and had a conversation and they said, you are not suspending our five-year-old. He was getting picked on by two boys who are almost twice his age and are so much bigger than him. Like, he, tri- he used yeah. his words, he tried to get away. He said no like leave me alone and they still wouldn't leave him alone it, and they were touching him like they were hitting his head and taking yeah. his stuff so he hit them and ended the you know the situation that's when the bus driver got involved was you know people are hitting each other on the bus and yeah. they they were a little bit late coming back because they took him out for ice cream on the way home <laughs> they're like this is an appropriate <laughs> use of force good job like <laughs> and maybe that's yeah. this very montana culture but i learned so much from that that like oh conflict was escalating it wasn't the five-year-old's fault like he was doing everything he could do in that situation but the other people the aggressors were escalating the situation and that's why i call it a conflict escalator is i'm saying oh i want to get off of this escalator like i am we're i'm i don't want to be part of this and they're continuing to escalate it and so you have to respond appropriately and so that's obviously a you know people are getting bullied and hitting was involved example but in any situation you get to decide hey if this escalates because of the other person's choice then how do i want to handle it so if i say hey please don't come over to my home without calling first and then they come over to my home without calling first is that on me no i set a very clear boundary that's on them Mm -hmm. they are escalating the situation so i get to decide okay what am i willing to do what is the next step and so the conflict escalator has four parts the first one is avoid just like the little boy on the bus he tried to avoid the situation he tried to get up and move that would be not answering the door that is an appropriate way to handle a lot of things if we you know we have to walk down this street and it causes problems we'll just go around the block and avoid the situation that is an appropriate way to handle things if you can't Mm -hmm. avoid it then you use your words is the second part and he said oh leave me alone you know using his words okay a lot of times we set our boundaries say oh please don't come over without calling first i use my words if that doesn't solve the situation if the other person doesn't respect that boundary i We'll grant them a little bit of grace maybe they misunderstood let me be more clear and then we escalate to loud words loud words are not necessarily volume sometimes it can be uh, more direct language sometimes it's volume sometimes it's uh, like the little boy in the bus where he put his hands up in the stop gesture and say, "No, like leave me alone you know more firm tone and that's yeah. escalating and so if my friend showed up after i said hey like please respect this boundary I would be very confused I'd be like oh I asked you to text first before you came over is there like an emergency is there some reason that you didn't respect my boundary that would be escalating the situation and mm-hmm. being very pointed in my like I do not understand why you are disregarding this very clear boundary that I set is there a, is there a valid reason that I don't understand. (laughs) And that that would be escalating. And if they still escalated past that point, then the fourth level of the conflict escalator is taking action. And you get to decide, is this somebody that I want to be friends with? Is this somebody that I'm going to go, you know, create a little bit more distance from? Is this, you know, in, on the bus, the little boy hit the other boy. Like, he took action. Mm -hmm. That was a moment to do that. So, if the other person is disregarding your boundaries you get to decide how to handle that but we avoid we use our words we use loud words and then we take action and it's not because you did something wrong if you ask your friend please don't come over without calling first and they keep coming over without calling first or texting first that's not on you that's on them they are escalating it and whatever consequences of you taking a step back from the friendship or saying, Hey, please just don't come over at all. I'll just meet you for lunch or I'll see you at social events or whatever. That's because of them. That's not because of you.
1: Mm-hmm. What if they like, what if they don't understand your boundary or they don't like agree with it? It doesn't, that doesn't matter. Right. So, I'm like, I think I know the answer. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what. Like if it's not important to them to text you. Before yeah. Like over. if the friend is like, I can, I let people come over whenever they want. Like if it's, do you know what I mean? Like if y'all aren't on the same page.
0: So for me in those situations, what I say is, oh, that's great that that works for you. Unfortunately, that doesn't work for me. So I need you to text me before you come over or I will not be able to answer the door. Yeah. I don't answer the door to people who, people I'm not expecting. So if you don't text first, most likely you won't see me.
1: Yeah. I seriously am like, ah, that sounds so scary, but it's just no practice, right? Yeah. Ah. So has anybody, um, like, have you ever gotten mad at somebody? Like, or not mad, but are, like, I guess I'm worried, and maybe other people probably have trouble setting boundaries because they don't want to disappoint other people or make other people sad. So, like, have you ever been disappointed? Like, I feel like you're good at boundaries, but have boundaries ever – Other people set them and then it's like a bummer for you? Like you're the friend
0: who wants to come over that has a boundary now? That is a really good question. So yes, I have had people set boundaries with me that I was like, oh, that's disappointing. Like I wish that that was different. But also, I really value that people do what makes them feel comfortable and safe. Most of the people in my life are queer, neurodivergent, or had traumatic childhoods, and are also raising tiny humans, or some combination of those factors. And Mm -hmm. all of those things make, um, I also have lots of disabled or chronic friends or who also have chronic illnesses, like all of those things make boundary setting and life just more complicated. And so Mm -hmm. I think because of the circles that I'm in, I'm expecting, hey, what accommodations do you need to be able to navigate this? Whether it's because you have XYZ childhood trauma, whether it's because you have this chronic illness, whether it's because you have six tiny humans at home, and, you know, children just make everything more complicated. Like, everybody (laughs) has things that they need. And because I go into a friendship, go into a situation knowing that, hey, they probably have needs or boundaries that I'm not aware of, I ask those questions. So it's very rarely... Like, a, oh, I crossed the boundary and they need to set it and then I'm upset. Because usually we mm-hmm. have those conversations up front of what works for you? What accommodations do you need? Um, like I, um, I don't really enjoy people who wanna discuss the minutia of their weight loss or weight gain. That is not a topic mm. that I am willing to discuss with people. And yeah. so I have to set a boundary with that. So if I say, oh, actually, I can't talk to you about that. Then they already know, oh, there's things that Tammy doesn't talk about because we've had this accommodation conversation. So I think it makes boundary setting easier in the moment because we're not starting from scratch. I will set that boundary from scratch. If it was a total stranger and I'm like, oh, actually, that's not a topic I can discuss with you. But for the most part with people who are in my life on a regular basis, like that's a thing. And if they say that to me, then I get it. Like I've had people be like, oh, actually that thing that you want to talk about, I don't have the space for that right now. I said, oh, thank you so much for telling me. And then we changed the subject because I have that in my life. So it's easier for me to accommodate their boundaries. And I think that that's the the summary of what I'm trying to say is the more boundaries I set, the easier it is to accommodate and accept other people's boundaries. Because to me, boundaries are love.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think this is, well, uh, uh, this always happens when I do a podcast and people are dropping bombs on me and I'm like, whoa, whoa, this is crazy. But I think you're right. The having the discussion before it happens instead of it being like a thing where they're like, but I really need to talk about this. And right in that moment, you have to like defend, like it it doesn't turn into a thing. Like I love the idea of pre, like pre-discussing it. Yeah. I mean, how does that happen? Like, it sounds so formal. Like, okay, let's say, like, when when do you have that conversation? Like with a new friend, are you like, "Hi, I'm Cami. <laughs> Here's my boundaries. <laughs> nice to meet you." <laughs> like, how does that how does that look? So, I mean, it sounds like you just you and your friends are all cool, and you all know about boundaries, and you're all doing so good. So, how do I bring it up if I'm like not good at boundaries and have never really discussed it with people?
0: So there's lots of ways to lead into boundary conversations depending on the relationship. So in your example, if it's a brand new friend that you're starting to make, the less emotional charge you bring to the conversation, the more matter of fact you are about it, the more matter of fact other people are. So if I came to you, you and I were getting to know each other and I was like, Sienna, I just have to tell you, and I know this is super, super weird, but- I can't ever have you tell me that you like gained or lost weight. Like just don't ever, ever, ever mention it. Okay. Like that would be weird. That would be super intense. And you would be like, (laughs) okay, now I'm a little bit scared. Like, and Mm -hmm. so, but if I was like, Oh, actually, I don't like to talk about weight. Let's talk about something else. Tell me more about what you do as a teacher. How, you know, what are your plans for the summer? Like that's so fluid. Like I'm not making Mm -hmm. it weird. And so if that was really important to you, and you were like, "Oh, actually, I need friends in my life who want to talk about the minutia of you know gained a pound, lost a pound, then we would find out real fast. we're not compatible um, as friends in that way. And that doesn't mean we can't yeah. be other types of friends, but maybe not one on one. We have lunch together every week because if that's what you want to talk about and that's not something I want to talk about, and we don't match. I think that's effective mm-hmm. because yeah. I want to be friends with people who are a good fit. And they, yeah. I and think they deserve – you deserve a friend who wants to talk about that with you. I just personally am not that person.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I Yeah. And it's funny because just because we're talking about it, I'm like, how do you do that? And I'm like, oh, wait. As you're talking, I'm like, yeah. I mean, I have friends who have different – you know, like more introverted. I know she needs to do this. I know this friend like has to – You know, like you have to schedule two weeks in advance with this friend. She's a planner. You have to, you know, I feel like the boundaries also come up. And as long as you're just listening, Mm -hmm. should be okay.
0: Yeah. That's why I really believe in pushing back. You know, you've mentioned several times in this conversation, like, oh, I'm bad at boundaries. I don't think that you are. (laughs) I don't think that people are as bad at boundaries as they claim to be. They might not know how to set boundaries the way they want to, but that doesn't make you bad at it because everything Mm. you just described like, oh, this friend, I need to schedule two weeks in advance or I'm not gonna see them. That is you accommodating them. That is you paying attention to the boundaries that they have in their life. Oh, this friend, if we're gonna get together during the day, she's gonna have to bring her kids. So we try to get together in the evening. That's you accommodating them. That's you paying attention to what matters to them. You know what's okay and what's not okay for those people. And those are boundaries. You are good at them. It's learning how to give yourself permission to set what is okay and what's not okay for your own life. And I think it's a skill gap, but it doesn't mean that you're bad at it. I think you have all the requisite skills. um, How do I say this? All of the desire and all of the other pieces of your life to be able to practice this.
1: Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I'm just, I, maybe I'm not bad at it. I just don't have a lot of practice with it. So it feels uncomfortable. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah. That's, Things
0: that are yeah. unfamiliar, but I I think with our brains, if we constantly say, Oh, I'm just bad at that. I'm just bad at that. Um, it's it's like when people are constantly saying, Oh, I'm bad at names. I'm bad at names. Okay. Some people, the way their brains are wired, remembering arbitrary audible details is not their thing that's okay also there are ways to accommodate that if you're willing to make that a priority but if you just say oh i'm just bad at this then you're just saying oh that's not a priority for me to figure out a way around it so i'm just letting myself off Mm -hmm. the hook and you know that's fine but i i think that people when i work with clients i'm constantly I don't allow them to say, my boundary is, you can't tell me that you're bad at boundaries. You might say that I don't have (laughs) practice or I need more practice, but like you are better at boundaries than you give yourself credit for. Everybody is, has been my experience. Okay.
1: I'm going to own that and I'm going to take it to heart because I do think I just mean I think maybe there is actually, as you said that, I'm like, oh, I'm busted. Because maybe part of it is like, oh, I'm bad at those. So I don't have to do them. Like, I don't have to do the work because I'm bad at them. So I'll just like push that aside. You know, Mm -hmm. I think there's a little bit of like permission to give yourself. Like you're giving yourself permission to fail at something when you say, oh, I'm bad at those. You're like disregarding it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm busted. Good job. Good job, Gammy. You're on to me. Hmm. (laughs) It's a boundary of mine for you not to tell me that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, 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 don't do that. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm practicing. I raised my hand. I raised my hand. Um, oh my gosh, this is awesome. We're talking, we're, I could keep talking about this forever, but I want you to tell the people where they can watch your amazing videos or listen to you or read about whatever, all the places you want them to find you or the best place to find you.
0: Absolutely. So my online content, is at cammyorange.com i have courses video courses with worksheets and different pieces to help people practice their confident boundaries and my specialty is helping people to say how they feel and ask for what they want to stop resenting the people that they love because i do believe that resentment is a poison and I offer online courses at camiorange.com and there is also an option there to work with me one-on-one and to book a session. I do work one-on-one with clients using online video conferencing software and to have clients all over the world. And just over the last couple of weeks, I've had clients in Europe and Canada and Peru, as well as the United States. And it's really fun to share boundary skills and tools like the boundary recipe or the conflict escalator like we've talked about with people from all over. And so I have video courses, I work one-on-one with clients. I also have a TikTok presence and I love interacting with people there and sharing stories about, you know, successful and unsuccessful <laughs> boundary setting <laughs> adventures. So those are the best places to find me, cammyorange.com, and then also on TikTok.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you, Cami. I feel like I owe you money. Like, I feel like I got a little session. I was asking so many questions, but the people, everybody, everybody owes Cammy a little bit of money now. So, no, just kidding. <laughs> this was awesome. This was so, I'm serious. This was so valuable. It was amazing. I think you're doing great work. And this is the first time I've really dove into boundaries and felt, less scared about
0: them. I'm so So glad. I'm so glad. May I ask you a question? Oh, yeah, sure. So you're obviously the queen of the imperfect party. When you are talking to people about permission to let themselves be imperfect and to just express themselves authentically, do you feel like that includes um, boundaries
1: Yes, yes, for other people, not for me. I'm <laughs> just kidding
0: Tell me more No, about I think that. it does.
1: <laughs> I think everything you're saying makes so much sense, and I feel like the people in my life that I'm thinking of that are the most authentic are in touch with like what works for them and what doesn't, which is kind of a boundary, you know, accommodation, boundary like, hey, here's what's up. And I mean, maybe you're right. Like maybe I am, I am good at, I mean, I don't, I have recently, you know, ditched diet culture and I feel like I usually am pretty good about setting a boundary. I guess I don't think, like before we talked, a boundary was like a special thing. Like the way you're talking about them, it's like woven into our lives, into our language, into our relationships. And I was thinking it was like this big attention, everyone. I have an announcement to make. Mm-hmm. This is a boundary, you know? And so I think I've been scared of boundaries because it seemed like such a declaration yeah. and not so much a preference. Like, yeah, of course I have preferences on how I like things and what makes sense for me and what I'll allow around my kids. And, you know, like, the more we're talking, I'm like, oh, I've turned boundaries into this really big, scary, aggressive, like you're saying scary or I forget what word you used, but, you know, like a Mm -hmm. more intimidating thing than just being honest with yourself and then honest with other people about what works for you and what doesn't.
0: Yeah. Did I even answer a question? You did. You did. Okay. (laughs) I think that the type of people that you talk to about, hey, you have permission to be imperfect, I think that that fits exactly with this conversation that there are things work for you and there's things that don't work for you and as you give yourself permission to be imperfect I think that also includes giving yourself permission to say oh actually that doesn't work for me I'm not going to be able to do that thank you so much for inviting me unfortunately I have other plans like to set -hmm. boundaries I think that they go together the more honest we are about who we are I think boundaries are part of that. And I think it's one of the reasons I'm so good with boundaries is because I have massive amounts of trauma that I've spent years and dollars in therapy working on. And so I have a very strong awareness of who I am as a person and why I'm here on the planet. And I just am not, I just don't have the extra bandwidth. With CPTSD and my other health stuff, I don't have extra bandwidth to pretend like I can do things that I can't actually do. Yeah, <laughs> like, that is, I, That's how I have to function. And I just have to be really honest, like, Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. I am not going to be able to be there. Like that yeah. is a form yeah. of boundary setting. And I think that you are doing better than you know. Because you are giving yourself permission to be imperfect. You're giving other people permission to be imperfect. And part of that is acknowledging what you can and cannot do. And that's a boundary. That's saying, oh, yeah, this is, this is my limit. This is my expectation. And if you... Sh- you know what's... Oh, sorry. Oh. Go. I just got excited.
1: Ah, say what you sorry. were going to say. I was just going to say it's intriguing, too, because what is imperfect would imperfect be having the bound like would it would it be imperfect to say i'm not going to come to that party or would it be imperfect to go to the party and resent it later so it's all about perception too Mm -hmm. like i think for me where i am right now going to the party and feeling resentful would for me be the wrong choice but i guess there's no such thing as perfect or imperfect but for me that would be the wrong choice but well, I mean, I guess if, if you don't want to go, maybe the, the right choices don't go for everyone. <laughs> but it depends on what you want to do. Does that make sense? I think I lost it in the middle. But
0: no, I hear what you're saying. I think for um, some people, like if it's like, oh, I would like to show up in the past, my expectation would be if I'm going to show up, I'm going to, you know, look a certain way and be there at a certain time and stay a certain length of time and bring a certain amount of things. And now I'm in a season of, oh, I would love to be there. If I'm there, I can bring chips and I'm going to be dressed very casually, possibly wearing slippers. Do you still want me to be there like that? Or <laughs> did you have a different vision for your dinner party? And then yeah. they get to say yes or no. And then we go with that. And yeah, I am constantly and consistently telling people, Hey, I have this question for you. It's okay to say yes. It's okay to say no. Whatever works for you is fine. But this is my question and that yes a lot of extra labor but i know that most people don't feel like they can say no and so uh that's the feedback i get if i'm like hey would you you know like more information about this thing it's okay to say yes it's okay to say no whatever you choose is okay and it is genuinely Mm -hmm. okay i'm not going to be mad if you say no i'm going to be excited if you say yes and let's go from there and people say no a lot more often to me because of that but i would so mm-hmm. much rather they say no because they don't actually want to do it then they say yes and then don't show up or don't like do whatever it was that they said a resentful yes to because yeah that is so inconvenient and tedious like if mm-hmm. you don't want to come that's okay just tell me so i don't plan on you yeah. being there and mm-hmm. everybody deserves accommodations I think that people's accommodations are easier to meet the more honest we are about them.
1: Yeah, I was going to say a lot of this too is just talking, like m- communication, mm-hmm. more words. Like, can I come like this? Yes or no? Maybe, maybe not. Like, what? Just talking it out. Yeah. Because these are supposed to be people that are like family and friends. It shouldn't be mm-hmm. a thing. Yeah. So, yeah. This is like, I have to, I have to like go think, keep thinking about this for a while process all this this was really awesome Cami. thank you so much for coming my pleasure
0: what I like about you Tiana is that you have an enthusiasm for life and I think that that will really help you with your boundary setting because that happy positive like oh actually I'm not doing that like that goes over real well I can speak from experience <laughs> yeah. you Mm-hmm. are more suited to set boundaries than I think that you've ever given yourself permission for, you will be amazed mm-hmm. at what you can say yes or no to in your sunshine personality voice if you just go for it. All right. I'm going to. It's a new leaf. It's a new day. Okay. I like
1: this. I'm excited. I'm going to report back to you if you um, would be okay with I that. I would love that. Yes.
0: Please send me an email. I want to hear how your okay. boundary setting goes. All right. Awesome. All
1: right. Thanks, girl. We will talk in the future. Thank you so much, Deanna. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Okay. So Cami really threw me a curveball when she asked me a question. I was like, what? What's happening? So um, I do love this idea that in order to be your authentic self, you do have to be honest and open about what works for you and what doesn't, which is like the new definition for me of boundaries. Like when you say the word boundaries, it seems so firm and like building a wall and like rules and structured, but really it's just about being honest with the people you love about what works for you and what doesn't so that you don't get that resentment. And I like the way Cami talks about how she does it because she loves people, like not to be a jerk, like my New Year's resolution to be more of a bitch was really like, should have been to love people more. So I'm not mad on the inside saying all these resentful yeses when I should just be honest and open about what I want and what I need and hopefully it jives with everybody and we can all get along. So yes, the proactive boundary setting, not the reactive boundary setting. Oh, I like that she said too, you get to a certain point where you make a boundary, but it's more out of like anger because you're just pushed to the limit and then you make it. So think about that. Hopefully you learned some things. I know I did and I'm excited to kind of move forward with this new viewpoint around boundaries, ba- boundaries, around boundaries. So to check out the show notes and get all the info and the deets, you can go to Seymour.com slash Kami Orange, K-A-M-I-O-R-A-N-G-E. Woohoo! You just finished another episode of the Imperfect Party Podcast. <laughs> If you know anyone who should totally hear this episode, can you do me a favor and send it to them? Oh, and don't forget to hit subscribe and leave a review so more people can find their way to our little shindig. And remember, nobody's perfect. Let's party. See you next time.